Welcome back to episode 17 of the Sports GPS. CJ, what are we talking about? We're talking NL Central. I know, folks, we're going out of order, but the real thing today is NFL free agency and March Madness. The NL Central is so easy for Parker and I to debate. Yes. We decided to skip it and leave the best two division discussions for the next two weeks. So we're going NL Central. Then, as I already tipped, we're talking free agency moves. Then we're going to talk winners and losers based on those moves. And then we're wrapping it up with March Madness. But we also have a special guest today, Chark Week. Chark Week. He's coming. I told y'all, we teased it in a couple episodes back, that he's coming. He's coming today. He's going to be talking football. And maybe we might be able to get him to talk March Madness, too. Yeah. All that and more on this episode of the Sports GPS. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the Sports GPS. We're talking NL Central right off the rip. Parker, who do you got and why? It's pretty simple. It's the Cardinals. Okay. Like it's their division to lose. All right. I think we actually have it same same order. Cardinals, Cubs, Brewers, Reds, Pirates. You ruined my surprise that I was going to have. But okay. it's fine. No, 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 it's cool. I was going to go Really same thing? Yeah, no. Th- this division is probably the easiest in baseball. Yeah, I to mean, predict. Cardinals, you bring in Arenado. That's a plus. Yep. Obviously, since he's MVP candidate. And they were already front runners in the division anyway. Absolutely. The only worry is like Jack Flaherty, like 60 game sprint last year, nine starts. Mm-hmm. You had a 4.91 ERA. That right. can't happen. You have to lead that rotation. Yep. Other than that, like offense, like Goldschmidt, Arenado, like they're studs. Yeah, absolutely. You still have Goldschmidt. Yeah, as you said. And then, like, does Matt Carpenter win out the job at second or does it go to. Tommy Edmund. Uh, I think they'll go Edmund. Okay. Because honestly, I'd put Carpenter at third. Then where do you put Arenado? Oh, gosh. I'm... <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Huh. Can Carpenter play the outfield? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they traded Dexter Fowler mainly to free up spot for Dylan Carlson, like one of their top prospects. Yeah, absolutely. But their outfield's still solid with Tyler O'Neill and Harrison Bader. So do they do they really need do they need Carpenter to play the out? I think he actually, you know, Carpenter's a utility guy. He's probably going to be the super utility guy, much like the Ben Zobrists of yeah. the world. It's either him or Edmund because Edmund can play all over the infield. That's fair. So it'll be whoever wins it out in spring. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely the Cardinals. Like the Cubs, like you, you lose Darvish. Mm-hmm. Uh, you lose John Lesta. Yep. But if Craig Kimbrell can, like, be the old Craig Kimbrell, they should be able to shut down games. You know, big old Batman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you still got Chris Bryant. For, for right now. Yeah, for right now. Uh, Anthony Rizzo. So, I mean, they can compete, but, like, they're definitely trying to take a step back with Theo Epstein out. Like, mm-hmm. it's kind of a new era of Cubs baseball. I'm actually worried about their backup catcher situation in, in Chicago, but at the same time, I mean, you still have Wilson Contreras. He can catch a lot. Right. And he's young, so you can, I mean, if you just run the tires off of the off the car and then don't worry about it when you have to sign a next catcher. Right. But they just have too many holes. I mean, you're just looking second base, question mark. I mean, you still have Javi Baez playing short, but who's his double play tandem? You don't know. Right. Their outfield is Ian Happ, Hayward, and then Jock Peterson. I like the addition of Jock Peterson. Oh, I love that addition. Like, but at let, the same time, let that it's not man enough. play like 140 games mm-hmm. and see what he is. Because like this whole like oh he can't hit left handed pitching like I don't we don't know like yep. they, like the Dodgers never gave him that opportunity. 
and he was a stud in the minor leagues. Give that guy an everyday shot, and you might be surprised. I'm actually very interested in the Cubs purely because their starting pitching is good. Well, they're top four. They still don't know who their fifth starter is going to be. Right. But between Hendricks, Davies, Arietta, because they brought him back, right. and then Williams, they could do some damage with starting pitching. Their bullpen, it, yeah, it all depends on Craig Krimble. And like the Brewers, who, Pakoda, our favorite, they, they actually like them winning the division. I can't believe you said our favorite. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was sarcasm. And I know they, it was. They're terrible. It was beautiful. Pakoda just doesn't know what they're talking about. Brewers are not like they have them 89-73 with a 55% chance of winning the division. They have no starting pitching outside of Woodruff. Yeah, that's pretty true. So basically, they need that bullpen to carry them the entire year. Yes, Christian Yelich, he's not going to bat 205. But other than Yelich, who do they have offensively? Like, Kesson Hero struggled last year, so we don't really know what he is. They have to pray that they can score five runs and that they can get their bullpen before someone else scores five. Yeah. That is their game plan this year, and I don't think it goes at an 89-73 clip. Just looking at their roster, they're, they're a 500 ball club. Yeah. They are 81-81. and 81. They need So how e- do you have the yeah. Cardinals at 81-81 and then you have the Brewers at 89-73? Come on, Dakota. Yeah. I, I don't like what don't you like about the Cardinals? I, I don't know. They they literally flipped the Brewers and the Cardinals. Now, can we agree on one thing? The Pirates might lose 100. Oh, they're going to lose 100. Are they? Is it for sure, though? Yeah. I mean, look, Cabrian Hayes, I think he's the future. They're they're building around him. Like mm-hmm. Gregor Polanco, they're going to trade him, see what they can get. Is Mitch Keller their future ace? Because you traded Tyon. And the, like Chris Archer's gone. Not that he played well. Yeah, not as that a, he was any good. But he was the the anchor of that sinking ship yeah gosh that trade like the more i think about that trade with tampa the more i'm just like what highway were you robbery yeah you give up glass now yep. and you give up meadows why <laughs> why yeah no they they were just i think they were just sick and tired of giving glass now opportunities and watching him head beam people because they didn't have a pitching coach that could teach him how to throw up in the zone right they had ray searage who was like hey let's just throw it low all day yeah well no glass now's fastball plays up in the zone so they needed to yeah when you're when you're you're sitting at like a hundred and you can do that for like six innings at least like you shouldn't be you're not you're not dotting the outside corner with a hundred no go up you're ramping up and throwing it as hard as you can and praying you're hitting the top side of the zone and if you miss you want it up not low exactly because he just kept missing in the middle of the plate and watching it sail over the stands in left and that's actually a big left field in pittsburgh yeah and it was hitting the scoreboard yeah pittsburgh so yeah so i mean look i think i think pakoda is correct on the pirates everything else well no i mean they're correct so the cubs have a shot or not the cubs the reds have a shot at being in the mix i don't think they do yeah i mean their problem last last year which is kind of ironic considering their ballpark is built for offense Mm -hmm. and they signed a bunch of dudes like castellanos moustakis and they didn't hit last year they could pitch but then you lose trevor bauer Mm -hmm. so you're relying on castillo sunny gray you traded Iglesias, so the bullpen took a hit, yep. even though Michael Lorenzen... I'll be interested in how they use him, because he can go multiple innings, mm-hmm. but do you want him to be your closer? Well, their, their entire their entire pitching staff is basically rolled over. Yeah. Now, their re- relievers are still good. I mean, Sean Doolittle is going to be their closer. So, I mean, that could actually be a strength for him. The problem is, are they going to be able to put up runs? Yeah. I think they can. I mean, Ingenio Suarez has got to hit better than he did last year. Underrated. Absolutely. I the the man rakes. But like Joey Votto, like I don't need you to be the MVP like mm-hmm. you once were, but can you like like I know you love to walk and that's great. Right. But can you hit 300 and drive in like 80 to 100? The one risk that I see with the Reds and this is I mean, we were talking about this off air. Kyle Farmer 
the man hasn't played above double A. No, I know he was in the Yankees farm system. Right. But he's the rule five draft pick of the Phillies who then traded him after they got Didi. Right. Because the Reds were like, oh, no. <laughs> what are we going to do with short? Yeah. Hey, wait. The the Phillies just signed our guy. Let me, let, let's me let see if the rule five guy's available. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm interested to see what, like, Nick Senzel, like, what is he? Is he your center fielder? Is he your second baseman? Maybe they put him at shortstop because it's probably a better option. Maybe. Like, they have a bunch of guys who can hit, but, like, it just never came together as a, as a collective last year. So, if they get hit, I think they'll be in it, but, like, I don't know. Do they sell off pieces at the deadline is really the question. Because if they're... If they're sellers, if they're underperforming, right. they'll be sellers. They could lose 90. Yeah. But if yeah. they, oh, I mean, I, I still see them losing 90, to be clear. But, like, I think they could also win. They could be closer to 500 if they're overperforming and turn into buyers at the deadline. I don't think they turn into buyers, though. Yeah, I mean, if Dick Williams was still their president, I'd probably say they're in no matter what. Mm-hmm. But maybe they're going to take a step back. I mean, that's why you didn't go Trevor Bauer. Right. I mean, Bauer made more money than I think the Reds are actually paying their entire <laughs> team. Probably. So, to be fair, I don't. I mean, they had the money to spend, but they didn't. Right. All right, so I guess we're, yeah, consensus on the Cardinals winning, even though Pakota has them third. And then we have the Cubs, Brewers, Reds, and then Pirates. Again, Pakota has Brewers winning the division at 55%, but it's tight. I mean, you go 89 and 73 for the Brewers. They're projecting 85 and 77 for the Cubs. And then the Cardinals at 81 and 81. I think they forgot they have Arenado. Yeah. Like, when did they come out with these projections? Like, pre-Arenado trade? No, I think it was right after, but I guess they just didn't re-put in the algorithm and yeah. figure it out because Arenado easily gives you an extra 10 wins. Uh-huh. I so. mean, like him and Goldschmidt together, like that's... That's pretty that's, power. That's power. Absolutely. I guess that's all for the NL Central. Right after this, we're going into NFL free agency moves. Welcome back to the Sports GPS. We're getting into NFL free agents. This was the week of free agency. All those deals that happened previous, all the trades and things like that, actually became official on yes. Wednesday, the 17th. Correct. We're recording on the 20th right now. Uh, we're going to get into all the big ones, uh, just the uh, names that hit. So, I mean, nobody really cares about centers. So, let's just, we're going by <laughs> position. Uh, William Jackson was the big corner get by Washington. Sneaky good pickup. Yeah, definitely. I mean, at three years, 40, kind of expensive, but really, I mean, the guaranteed money isn't really that bad at 26. And and Washington needs to just give up whatever they, like, to get talent, they have yeah. to overpay. Oh, absolutely, 100%. And then Shaquille Griffin actually goes to Jacksonville. Sneaky good pick for them as well. He leaves Seattle and goes to Jacksonville. I think they're trying to build a defense that Trevor Lawrence only has to score up 28 points and he's going to win a game. Yeah. And if, if if they're able to do that, Trevor Lawrence will get you 28 points. Of course, we're getting to the point in the NFL where 28 points a game is, like, low. Yeah, it is low. Yeah. It, whenever you see an over-under at, like, 40 on the on the bet sheet, you're like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to take the over there. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> the other only other big one was Ronald Darby wa- goes from Washington to Denver, but I think he was hurt for Washington, so Denver pays that $30 million there to get him. Yeah. From a defensive end standpoint, I mean, we saw J.J. Watt already signed, mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of other people. I mean, Carl Lawson's now a Jet, mm-hmm. $45 million. I think Ngakwe uh, going to Las Vegas is actually a pretty sneaky move, and Autry going to Tennessee is also another along with move. Along with Bud Dupree. Yeah, absolutely. So both of them together. I, they run a 3-4 there, so Autry can get home from the, from the two technique, and yeah. just, he can actually make 
make work. And he's only getting paid seven million. I say only seven million, like it's chump change. But right. in the NFL, it's kind of chump change. Yeah, a little bit. So we rotate down and go to D tackles. No real big names outside of Robertson. Harris goes to Jacksonville. And then Tomlinson goes from the Giants to Minnesota. They definitely need some interior pass rush there in Minnesota. So definitely a good pickup. Sneaky no pickup for them. And then as far as like safeties, you know, uh, Anthony Harris goes from Minnesota to Philly. Needed it after they lost Jalen Mills to Absolutely. the Patriots. Holy cow. And the, I mean, gosh, the Patriots, did they sign like everybody? Uh, Yes. Yeah, it seemed like that. Absolutely. I mean, you bring in Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. They're going back to the two tight end set, which mm-hmm. they should. Yep. Especially with Cam Newton as your quarterback. Yep. All he has to do is, you know, read option. One of those guys are going to be open. No. So feed him the ball. 100%. Uh, KC signs Tooney, uh, their guard, for a lot of money. But he's totally worth it, and he's going to protect Patrick Mahomes. They absolutely needed it. Which we saw in the Super Bowl. He needs. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. That's the that's the way you keep. You got to keep him upright, and then he will score you points. Actually, you don't even have to keep him upright because no. he can throw the ball and hit someone right in the face. They just need to catch it. But he was horizontal when he made that throw. Exactly. But the big offensive lineman signing was Trent Williams. He's back in San Francisco, six years, one thirty-eight. Absolutely, it was needed. Mm-hmm. If I mean, gosh, if the Niners weren't going to pick him up, somebody was. Yeah, absolutely. So they definitely had to overpay, but at the same time, it's he's, worth it. He's worth that money, and it's sad that we actually have to debate the fact that he's worth twenty-three million dollars a year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bud Dupree, as you mentioned before, goes to Tennessee. Uh, Shaquille Barrett stays in Tampa Bay. Did they do enough to make sure that they keep the band back together? I know, I know we talked like, about that last Godwin, part. Godwin, franchise tagged. Mm-hmm. You bring uh, Barrett back. Brady's back. Right. I'm a, uh, is Gronk back, like, officially? I think Gronk is back. Okay. I can look at that. I mean, so, like, I mean, they, they, they're they bringing everybody back, as they should. Mm-hmm. Eight Super Bowl on the horizon. I think... I mean, they're definitely the favorites going into next year. Yeah, Grunk is back for $8 million on one year. That's a steal. The other big, uh, Matt Judon goes to New England. Yeah, I mean, they got everybody. Yeah, they did, literally did. Hassan Reddick goes from Arizona to Carolina. That's actually a pretty sneaky pickup. They do need a good outside linebacker to cover tight ends in Carolina because that's how you beat them. That's how you beat them last year. Of course, the big move today that happened before our podcast, Kenny Galladay is now a giant. Oh, my Lord, yes. And that, that actually is really scary because that receiving core could be yeah 72 million over four years 40 million guaranteed Mm -hmm. maybe that's too much i don't know i mean i think he's a star well and that's the reason why the Lions sat there and said we we can't pay you that right we got jared Goff who's going to throw the throw the ball into cornerbacks arms anyway so why am i going to pay a receiver who can't win the 50 50 but they didn't even bring marvin jones back neither of them can win a 50 50 ball well, I definitely, and that's what you need with Jared Goff. I definitely agree with that, Marvin Jones. Oh. Like, he, he can't. No, like, he, he can't. can't. He no. can't catch a... He, he <laughs> can't ha- catch a cold? Yeah, he has to be single-covered. Mm-hmm. That's why he has... Like, one week, he'll have big games. Yep. And then he's just, like, one catch, seven yards. Yeah, it's it falls like, apart. He, just, oh he does nothing. Well, again, if he gets double-covered, we talked about this previously. If he gets double-covered, he's in trouble. But if he's in single-coverage, he's going to win all day. So if there's a number one wide receiver on the opposite side, it could work out. If right. not, then no, you're you're in trouble. Honestly, one of my favorite signings, Curtis Samuel, wide receiver of the Panthers, signs with the Redskins, $34 million over three years. Goes back with Riverboat Ron. Yeah, I like it. Corey Davis talking about wide receivers going to the Jets. Is that a sneaky enough move that Sam Darnold could win for you now? I mean, I, I think it's needed. Mm-hmm. Like, he needs weapons. Like, he can't, like, just take... 
the average Joe that you've never heard of and make him like elite. No, that makes sense. So Corey Davis, we know what he is. Mm-hmm. He's a really good player. Had a big step this year in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So did they overpay? I don't. I really don't think so. I mean, thirty-seven and a half million over three years, twenty-seven million guaranteed. I'm not saying that's not chump change, but. I don't think it's breaking the bank either. I mean, nine million dollars guaranteed each year. It's a little expensive. I mean, but Corey Davis. I mean, he showed flashes in Tennessee that he could do it. Yeah. So maybe this is you know give him a shot. Why not? The big quarterbacks that moved. Ryan Fitzpatrick is now a Washington Football Team player. Yes. <laughs> no, but to think, I mean, that's actually a good bridge quarterback. Yeah. I mean, the man's been oh, a yeah. journey. Was this his ninth team? Something like that. It's outrageous. <laughs> Andy Dalton, are, is he the answer in Chicago? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. But Mitchell Trubisky gets out of Chicago and goes to Buffalo to be a backup for Jared Allen. Yeah, learn how to hold that clipboard, my man. Yeah, I mean, well. For a good team. Yeah, no, absolutely. Mike Lennon's going to the Giants as a backup as well. Uh, Tyrod goes to Houston. I guess he's the insurance policy for Deshaun Watson. I guess so. I, side note here, one of the best professions you can get, backup quarterback. Like Chase Daniel, he's robbing teams. Oh, yeah. He doesn't even play. No. I think he has, what, less than 10 career starts probably? Maybe. Doesn't get hit. Nope. Knows how to be a like a, a mentor in the room, mm-hmm. carry the clipboard. Right. Please don't get hurt. I don't want to go in. Yep, that's it. And he's getting like, what, like $12 million a year? Yeah, I mean, he robbed the Eagles blind, but you yeah. absolutely needed him with yeah. Sam Bradford. So. Like, like Mike Glennon, he's doing the same thing. Yep. We know what he is. Yeah, but Mike Glennon's not even making Daniel money. I mean, he's I know, he's still but... making $3 million a year. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's not. Let me take the paycheck, here's but that, still. Here's the smallest violin in the world. <laughs> All right, going to running backs, though. Kenyon Drake going from Arizona to Las Vegas. Is that going to be a sweet one-two punch there or what? Him and Josh Jacobs? I like it. That's actually a strong play. Yeah. It hurts fantasy value for him, but at the same time, like those those two could actually rack up a lot of yards. But they don't care about our fantasy teams. No, they don't. As they shouldn't. That's I the mean. reason why wide receiver is such a crud shoot anymore. So yeah. what are you going to so, do? So, yeah, I mean, Kenyon Drake is your third down back. Mm-hmm. Can you catch the football? But, I mean, Josh Jacobs can do that. Yeah, Josh So it's Jacobs. not like... But I actually think they do a pure rotation. I don't think it's a first down, a first and second, and then yeah. a third down back situation. Agreed. I think it's going to be, hey, you go, you're fresher. Oh, you're tired, switch them out. And right. I don't think anything loses a step there. Yeah, I like it. Carson goes back to the Seahawks, which is definitely needed. Uh, same with Aaron Jones of the Packers. He stays. Did they overpay? Maybe a little. But... Again, the shoe fits where it. I guess everybody's overpaying a little bit now. Sure. If you really like the guy to keep him in building. One, I don't understand why Denver did not bring Philip Lindsay back. Like, I actually like it for, for Houston. They're tanking. Well, I understand that, but I don't think they ever used him properly in Denver. Like, give that guy more touches. Well, I also think Melvin Gordon is a good enough back that he can kind of do it alone. But I wouldn't have brought in Melvin Gordon because I had philip Lindsay. that's you and not denver but again we never thought john elway was the greatest thinker ever he's at, not outside of being under center so yeah really let's uh, he's not winning gm of the year awards <laughs> but hey he brought in peyton manny he also has drew Locke as his quarterback right i know now. i know it's like talk hey, about talk about a player robin team it's like when when they got peyton manny's like oh john elway he's so smart i'm like Peyton Manning is a first ballot hall of famer it's like that was the easiest movie yeah. he ever had to make it was yeah that was a no-brainer. And honestly, he didn't even have to sell it. It was like, Peyton, do you want to come here? Yes. If he didn't want to come there, he wouldn't have gone. Uh, going to the tight ends, both the big John U. Smith and Hunter Henry both go to New England. Yeah. Kyle Rudolph just goes to the Giants. That's a sneaky good move. Actually, I really do like it. Yeah. 
I think we've hit all the big ones. Yeah. All right. Well, after this, we're going to talk what all these moves mean. Jonah, the owner of Shark Week, is in the building. And then I think Eric's going to join us. It's it's a co-ownership of Shark Week. Yeah. They're both, they're going to pop in on here and talk about the winners and losers. Winners and losers. Right after this. <laughs> Welcome back to the Sports GPS. We're going winners and losers of the NFL free agency, and we have a couple special guests, Jonah and Eric. What to do, baby? Yeah, what, what's going on? Glad to be here. Glad to be here and talk some talking football with you guys. Absolutely. Thanks for coming, guys. I truly appreciate it. I'm really excited to have you. I mean, we I've known you for years. Of course, Eric may or may not be our our boss. Our boss, yeah. Yeah. Allegedly. So, yeah, allegedly. Your situation uh, for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, gotta gotta keep it gotta keep it right for the for the things. But no, we're super excited to have you. Longtime listeners of the pot, so we thank you for that as well. Uh, but we're getting into some winners and losers. Jonah, you beat us all in fantasy, so you might as well start with your winners this year. What who do you have? So in in no particular order, and yes, I am the owner of Shark Week, so there there may be only a only a tinge of bias in this. <laughs> but I, I do really I, I think it is a win for the Jaguars picking up Shaquille Griffin. The Jaguars last season finished 27th in pass defense and on on average allowed 264 passing yards per game. Shaquille Griffin, uh, you, you can argue that William Jackson is better, but he he is one of the best corners that was in this free agent class. Jaguars as CJ or Parker, I forget which one said earlier, but the Jaguars need a defense to back up Trevor oh, Lawrence. One thousand percent. Yeah, I mean, we definitely both agree that. If you have, if you give Trevor Lawrence, you don't make him score over thirty-five points. You're easily a ten-win team. And then at least having someone line up against or uh, uh, alongside C.J. Henderson, who looked who looked good at points last season. I just think that that's a big win for the Jaguars to at least take one step closer to being that more uh, defensively st- solid team that they need to be in order to win a Super Bowl. And I that that feels so weird saying that because. I, Oh, 2017, 2017. <laughs> to so be close. clear, you are a Jaguars fan, right? I, I am. It, it's sometimes hard to be optimistic, but yet, yes, I did draft DJ Chark and named my team after him, and he didn't really do much for fantasy the entire year, but we, we, we pick our battles. Yeah. So there, well, that. I mean, it was – he also helped me draft my other team. It may or may not have been at a wedding. Okay. It, and, v- very true story. Very true story. And I named mine Chark Bit McCaff. So, great name. Which is also a great name. I mean, he he might have gotten inspiration from that, or maybe I got inspiration from him. I'm not going to say which way. But, I'm going to say you got inspiration from him. Listen, you don't have to make it look that bad, Parker. All right, anyway, keep going with your winners, my man. Uh, and then next, just just a little preview to the, the biggest loser on my list. Uh, the, the One of the winners is Mitch Trubisky. And it's purely because he left the dumpster fire that is the Chicago Bears right now. And, I like, it, he'll be backing up Josh Allen. Josh Allen and Trubisky, although maybe not on similar talent levels, similar, like, quarterback uh, prototypes in which they, they can run. As you may say, you better get used to holding that clipboard. And it's a, it's a relatively good contract one year, two and a half million, and that's that's in the average range for most backup quarterbacks. I think it's a steal for the Bills, and it's good for Trubisky because he's out of Chicago. No, 1,000%. I like 2.5 million for Mitchell Trubisky. It'll be the easiest two, two and a half million he'll ever make in his life. Josh Allen's probably not going down. I'm knocking on a bunch of wood right now. Because, yeah. you know, secretly I like the Bills, but... The Bills better hope he doesn't miss any time. Well, I don't think you drop off that much with Mitch Trubisky. Are you sure? 
I, so, all right, you turn into five points less a game. Eric, your thoughts? I would say both of those guys, Trubisky and Allen, uh, you know, with, when they're right, Allen clearly way better than Trubisky, right? But when they're wrong, and by wrong, I mean like throw the ball 30 yards into the stands wrong. That's where like, wow, those guys have good arm strength. It's like if, if they could have accuracy. What I'm hoping for, and I know you guys aren't Steelers guys, but the old Cordell Stewart slash days where there would be two QBs on the field, neither of them are fast, fast, but they're athletic enough to where they could – and they could Philly Philly. They could throw in a little uh, yeah. trick plays here and there. A little rinky just, dink. Just to, you know. <laughs> and you know those Bills fans would eat it up. So, uh, who knows? Uh, Bills Mafia, for sure, would eat that up. I actually I actually like that idea. Eric, um, do you want me to make in a call to Sean McDermott and get you on the, get you on the offensive coaching staff? Uh, you can make whatever call you'd like. <laughs> uh, if you've got his number, that would be uh, impressive. Well, I mean, he was a Philly guy, so I got connections. All right, other winners. Who who else you got? Quick fire, wrapping it off. So also, I know Parker said he really liked the signing. I do too. Curtis Samuel to the Washington Football Team. He's back with Ron Rivera. He's coming off a career year with over one thousand all-purpose yards and five touchdowns. And then that like that offense that they did sign Ryan Fitzpatrick. So it'll be interesting to see. They have four QBs on roster right now. So it's Fitzpatrick, Kyle Allen would have been playoff hero, Taylor Heineke, and then. Uh, <laughs> A rookie from Colorado, Steven Montez, who did not play at all last season. Mm -hmm. But then also, like, their offense showed flashes last year, although they, and CJ knows this as being an Eagles fan, although that division is terrible. Let's be honest. Dumpster fire. But so, uh, with with McLaurin on one side and Samuel on the other, and and Logan Thomas showed some flashes of being a serviceable tight end. So I I think think it's a big win for the WFT and for Curtis Samuel. No, I absolutely think that too. Parker, do you have Washington as one of your winners? Yeah, they're definitely a winner. Yeah. I mean, because like Jonas said, love the Curtis Samuel edition. Mm-hmm. Their biggest issue last year was offense. Right. Like, we, I love their defense. Mm-hmm. That's on the way up. Now their offense is starting to look respectable. Whether it's Fitzpatrick or Heineke, they're on the way up. They're, they're going to be able to score more points. No, yeah. And Ron Rivera, like, he had success in Carolina. I think the offense will start to come around, especially now that Samuel's aboard. So I, they're definitely one of my winners, uh, along with the Patriots, who signed everybody. Right. And the Bucks. The world. Yeah. yeah. We both are on the Patriots for winners. So you have the Patriots as a winner, Jonah? Uh, I'm not on this list. I, I do have one more, though, but I, I think I'm going to let – my uh, co-owner talk about this one. That's right. Uh, parents, that's a life goal for you is for your child to refer to you as a co-owner of something. Uh, <laughs> if your minor children are deferring to your co-ownership. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, Indeed. Um, Indeed. If only Jonah's mom and my wife would, would acknowledge co-ownership of most things, right? It is, it is her way or the couch way. Uh, is, <laughs> That's not entirely true, um, but no, I thought he was perceptive. We'll go with our other Florida, well, one of the other Florida teams here for a winner is the Bucks. Hard for the Bucks to be more of a winner. They already kind of won, and they just keep winning, mm-hmm. right? But uh, they tag Chris Godwin. We already talked about re-signing Gronk, re-signing Fournette. Got Tom Brady. Still have TB12. You know they're they're trying to run it back, and I think everyone like begrudgingly is like, okay, yeah, I mean. They did it, right? Arians yep. did it. Brady did it. And it will be interesting to see, can they hold up? Uh, do all those pieces continue to fit over what we hope is a more traditional season than certainly what we experienced last year? 
Yeah, I definitely think fans in the stands hurt a bunch of teams out there, but no doubt. at the same time, you just gotta you gotta roll with the punches. The Bucks definitely roll with the punches, and they're definitely bringing the band back together, and they're running it back for sure. They're just got thirty one other. Well, all right, let's not lie to ourselves. They got like twenty six other teams they got to contend with. <laughs> not everybody's in the hunt. No, I know everyone not. starts at the same record, zero and zero, but some of them you you don't have a chance. Listen, my squad. I mean, even including my squad, the Philadelphia Eagles is probably a team that that's just not in the hunt. Yeah, they're not in it. No, my team's in it. Yeah, yours is. So, what other winners you got, Parker? Patriots, Bucks, Washington. We kind of, you know, already went over all that. Yeah, you matched Jonah. I've actually yeah. got two other winners. Both New York teams. Of course. Literally signed everybody that they needed to make a decent run. I actually like the Giants a lot. They got the wide receiver depth that they needed to help Daniel Jones out. And they've got, you know, they got themselves a decent tight end that will actually catch the ball in Kyle Rudolph. Unlike Evan, I've got cinder block hands Ingram. He does. So, I mean, the man has all the talent in the world, but he can't catch a cold. So, really, you know, the Giants actually made a really great move there. And then the Jets, they're making the pieces work around Sam Darnold. And that's what you have to do with a quarterback on his rookie deal. You have to get pieces around him that will essentially let him win. And I think the Jets did that. Do I think they have a chance? No. No. But they're a winner of free agency because they made the right moves. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem, like, with winners of free agency. How many times when teams spend a ton of money— do they actually like lead to wins? It doesn't happen a ton. Never. No, not never. I shouldn't say never. It's I mean, not never, Tam- but it's, it's Tampa very- Bay literally did it. They went and got Tom, Tom Brady. Well, they won free agency. But and Tom then they Brady's won- like the greatest quarterback ever. Uh, that debate for arguably, another episode. Arguably. <laughs> uh, losers. Jonah, who you got in the losers? So, so big shocker here. The Bears are the top of my losers list. Uh, I, for my, my good friend, not, not, not actually my good friend, but Pablo Torre had an analogy that I think is really good. It's, it's like a kid who goes downstairs Christmas morning and he thinks he's getting a PS5 and then he opens the box and it's like an old Xbox 360. (laughs) The, the Bears, apparently, this is... They supposedly offered, they, they thought they were getting Russell Wilson. They supposedly offered three first-round picks, a third-round pick, and two unnamed starters. You swing, you strike out, and then now you have Andy Dalton, which I think that's all that needs to be said. Andy and, Dalton or Mike Lennon right now? Uh, my, Mike Lennon, just uh, ex-Jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> hey, new, uh, NC State guy, you got to gotta go with the somewhat Homer time. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, no, Mike. Mike Lennon definitely over Andy Dalton. I got the Red Rifle because he's the Red Rifle. Just I, apparently that's a nickname he doesn't love, but it's a better nickname than any of us really have. The, I guess the that's Red fair. Rifle, pretty good. Yeah. I mean, at least for one year, like his first year, Red Rifle was it fit him. He, he got he got ruined in Cincinnati, but that's a debate for another time. But now he's like the Red BB Gun. Yeah, like it's like that's probably that's probably the more fair. Yeah, uh, I think nickname. think more like the red like uh, Nerf gun. Yeah, you're yeah. not you're not doing very much damage. With no, the that's fair. Hundred percent. As as the Cowboys couldn't win with him. I mean, I'd probably go Andy Dalton over Mike Lennon, mainly because Mike Lennon is six seven and name a starting quarterback in the NFL over six six that has success. This this may cause a lot of dispute. The Raiders are on my list for losers. Hmm. So they they signed Kenyon Drake, which I understand you, you think of the one two punch, but what have they done to their O line? Like they uh, Rodney Hudson is now on the Cardinals, and they're paying him twelve million to, just to play for the Cardinals. That that's not a good situation. They traded away Gabe Jackson to the Seahawks. Who is Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs and? 
Jalen Richard, who averaged 5.6 yards per carry last year. Who are they going to run behind? And you, you don't want it to be one of those one of those situations where Derek Carr is just going to run for his life all, all game because Derek Carr is not Patrick Mahomes. He is not going to be able to make horizontal throws, which is something that I think maybe like two people in the entire universe can do, and one of them is named Patrick Mahomes. I think they have to be on the losers list. The one other thing, they did sign Yannick Ngakwe. He, he had an awful season last year, and yes, you could say he was on two teams. He was like, it was a COVID year, blah, blah, blah. But then also, like, he had 12 and a half sacks in 2017. And ju- that, that doesn't seem like that far away. Just to point out that in, in 2017, this was when the Jaguars were a quarter away from making the Super Bowl. Um, not, not when the Jaguars were a 1-15 team and are in the driver's seat for Trevor Lawrence. I think there's a lot of risk in that signing, and it could pay off. He could, he could win def- Defensive Player of the Year. I don't think it's going to happen, but I, I think I have to put them on my losers because some of some questionable boomer busts uh, business in free agency. No, I don't hate that. I think the Raiders are definitely a team that I don't I don't have them as a loser myself, but I don't have them as a winner. Like I, they just right. did they did the things that they needed to do. I think they go heavy O line in the draft is truly what I believe, and this this draft isn't terrible as far as O line depth, and they're kind of in the middle, so they really can't get any of the top skill prospects in the first round I think they go O-line in the first round and for the first round depth it's actually pretty good because everybody's overselling the skill position players because they are the top 10 players in the draft so I think they end up with a decent O-line pick in the first round which could make up for that no I can absolutely see where you're coming from with the Raiders there I just I, I have faith that they'll they'll fix those answers that you have in the draft I'm not hating the fact that you have them as a loser well, yeah, and I, I can agree with that. Like, I, I'm not saying that this could be a this could be a 500 team. I cer- I certainly don't think they'll they'll make the playoffs with this. But like, they could turn it around just from on paper right now. I don't I don't see what the what the upside of these signings was. I think it's just it's just tough for me to to put them. And I mean, they, I guess they didn't have not all the teams are on the winners or the losers. But I I think. Of the of the losers I had to put, I think I just had to include them on there. No, I get you there. I, I definitely can agree with with where you're going with that. I just I'm also a big believer in Mike Mayock, uh, their GM. He's definitely a GM that I don't put on the same side of the scale as John Elway. I just think that Mike Mayock knows what he's doing, especially when it comes down to draft. So I always kind of give pause for the Raiders, especially the last couple of years, because of who they have in their draft room, and the man is is a draft. His his evaluation of talent is is very very good. The problem is he just can't evaluate personalities well, aka Antonio Brown. Uh, <laughs> Correct. <laughs> we go to go to some other losers. Parker, you actually have an interesting one. I want I want you to hit on your your top loser. Yeah, the Colts. What are, what are you doing? You have a ton of money. I'm not saying they need to spend a ton, and I know they traded for Carson Wentz, but you have clear needs, and you didn't spend anything. You need edge rush. Mm-hmm. Your left tackle just retired. Yep. You need receiver help. Spend a little money. I, and look, I trust Chris Ballard, especially in the draft room. But it would have been nice if you, can you give me one? Can you give me one big signing that you can do because you have a ton of cap space, even with the Carson Wentz trade? Yep. Like, Danico Autry's gone. They probably won't bring Justin Houston back. They probably will bring T.Y. Hilton back, but like he's not the number one receiver they need. He might be their big signing. I think what happens is T.Y. just sits out there for so long that he takes a team-friendly deal, and I think that's what Chris Ballard's banking on. Yeah. So I don't have the Colts as a loser, but I will tell you who I have as a loser, my squad. Because yeah, you Eagles. traded Carson Wentz <laughs> for nothing. Yes. And you're paying him $34 million to play for your Colts. 
Yeah, you got to steal. That's that's the reason why Colts shouldn't even be on the losers list at all. You traded for Carson Wentz and you're not paying him a nickel. All right, I'm a liar. You're paying him six million, but still, you're barely (laughs) paying the man, and he is going to be an MVP candidate for the next three years. I hope so. (laughs) And end of discussion on how bad that is. You also had the Bears as a loser. I have an interesting loser, and it's the Texans. And I don't have them as a loser for the reason why everybody's thinking. I have them as a loser because Deshaun Watson is literally now marred in these legal allegations. Right. And you could have traded him for the world. We discussed in a previous episode, you could have gotten four firsts and a second for the man in Nick Wright's trade. I love that trade. That trade was so good. The more I marinate on it, the more I love it. Because initially I was like, "Eh, I don't know. And then the more I think about it, I'm like, this needs to happen. Yeah, it was four first rounders and a second. And you got Sam Darnold out of the mix yeah. for, for Deshaun Watson. And now you're probably might, iffy, maybe get two firsts out of it. Because any team that's trading for him has to mitigate risk right. on the fact that you have not two. I think it's four. It is now up to eight. It's eight? It's eight now. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I, ESPN came out after it went to four that with another, hey, there's four. So it's either four or eight, and ESPN just doubled down on it. But still, even four is bad enough. <laughs> either way, it's bad. It's Either way, it's not good. Yeah, the Texans are a loser for me. I, I do have to add to that saying, not, not too long ago, I was having this discussion with you all about would I have the Jaguars trade the number one overall pick for Deshaun Watson? And if you had said this to me probably like two or three months ago, I would have probably gave it a really hard thought and then maybe said no. And if you said it to me today, I would call you an idiot because there's no <laughs> chance that, that the Jaguars would be willing to give that up for someone who might not even be able to play this season. No, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And they literally lost all trade value on the man. It's kind of rough. Your your other loser is the Saints, right? Yeah, it's really just one move. Taysom Hill. Why are you paying him four years one forty when he might not even be your starter? Yeah. I, I mean at this point he kinda has to be based they have, off the money you're spending. They have forty seven million dollars locked up in quarterback next year. That's thirty five million to Taysom Hill and twelve million to Jameis Winston. And we don't even know if Taysom Hill can be like, can you drop back 20 times and throw? He lost to the Eagles last year and cost me my mortgage. So, no, he can't. Yeah. Like, (laughs) what they should do, Jameis, you're the starter. When we're in the red zone, Taysom Hill, come in and do your magic, which he's good at. Eric, do you think you can make some wild plays with Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston? Uh, I mean, I think you could figure out Jameis is another, right? If we're going to talk about Josh Allen and Mitch Trubisky, he's another 30 yards into the stands guy with his arm, right? He's the <laughs> only, he's the only 30, 30 club, 30 touchdowns, 30 picks. And, uh, he just kind of chills now in new Orleans. So I, the other thing I don't completely understand is their cap situation. It was rough before the cap went down. So it by default has just gotten even more rough you know I know with Drew Brees retiring there's mixed bag on the Saints right now but I don't know man Uh, I think it could be a tough season down there yeah I'm actually gonna look up that cap because you know beautifulness of a a search engine is that you can do that I think they lost a bunch they're they're only 1.5 million dollars over the cap as of right now I think it's because they I think they dummy-yeared out Taysom Hill. I'll take a look at that to, to make sure I'm right. I'm not telling you Taysom Hill can't be a starting quarterback, but like at what we've seen so far, he's not like a starter. He's he's a gimmick guy who you can use in the red zone, which is not a bad thing to have. I don't trust Jameis in the red zone, so it's probably a good idea to have a guy like Taysom Hill, but 
I guess they're buying into him. Yeah, I don't know. Well, so the first reports was it was four years in 140 million, and now Spot Tracks. Oh no, that's just that's this year. So I have no clue why Spot Tracks does not have this out. Usually they're pretty quick on that breakdown for his contract. So maybe their their cap hit is worse. But yeah, you have Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston as your options for quarterback. You're a loser. I'm with you 100. percent I'm going to be a little different. I think the loser is the Rams, and here's the reason why. You gave up Jared Goff. Yes, I know you weren't going to do anything with him, but you gave up way too much to get Matt Stafford. You you didn't have to. Right. If you gave up a first and a third, oh, we see what that gets, teams. Yeah. Yeah, get you Carson Wentz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so why are you giving up why are you giving up that much draft capital to to get Matt Stafford? I mean, I like Matt Stafford, but he's never won the big game. The only thing that I like about Matt Stafford is the time when he like dislocated his shoulder and then they scored the touchdown. And then there was a penalty, and they decide to go for two, and he goes back in with the separated shoulders. Like, no, I'll go back in there. And then he throws it for the win, and then he comes back over. He's like, it's completely out. He's just <laughs> the, the man's a warrior, but yeah. I don't know if he's worth two firsts, a third, and Jared Goff. I mean, and look, as a Colts fan, I was like, oh, I'll take Matt Stafford. like Because right. at that point, I didn't think Carson Wentz was an option. So I was like, oh, I'll take. But then whenever the, the Goff for Stafford trade went down, I was like, yeah, I'm glad we didn't do that. Yeah. Because it's not worth it. All right, so Jonah, go ahead and just rapid fire off your winners again and your losers. Just fire them off. All right, so winners, uh, Jaguars, Mitch Trubisky, the Washington football team, and the Buccaneers. Okay. And then losers, the Bears, and the Raiders. Okay. Parker, you had Patriots, Bucks, Washington, Colts, Bears, Saints. Yep. And then I had Patriots, Giants, Jets, Losers as Eagles, Texans, Rams. We're all over the place, which just means that I can't wait for the draft because that's when we're really going to see teams mold it together. Jonah, thanks for coming on. Eric, thanks for joining us as well. I hope you guys had a good time. Do you want to stick around? Our last segment, March Madness, if you want to stick around, we'd love to have you again. Yeah, we might hang. Just want to say real quick, you guys don't give yourselves enough dap. I would say both of you are winners. Uh, It's pretty cool that you do this podcast, and we certainly appreciate it the opportunity to join you. Oh, thanks, guys. I truly appreciate it. Jonah? Yeah, uh, it's real great to be able to come on here and just talk some sports with you guys. I, I, I love to do it. It's just great. Awesome. Well, we'd love to have you back, but I definitely think we're going to we'll, – we'll keep them around. March Madness? Yeah, yeah we'll keep them around. Yeah, why not? Yeah. All right, so we're going into March Madness right after this. Welcome back to the Sports GPS. We're going March Madness. So, Jonah, who do you have in the Final Four? Uh, so my my final four, I have Gonzaga versus Alabama in one of the le- one of the games, and then Illinois versus Baylor in the other. I have Illinois and Gonzaga in the championship, and then I have Illinois winning it all purely because as Gonzaga keeps winning these games and they start playing tougher opponents, the narrative of being an undefeated champion that it just that there's just more and more pressure. And then I, it, as heart-crushing as it sounds, I don't think that Gonzaga is going to be able to handle the pressure against a very good Illinois team. Uh, we were just talking a minute ago about Luke Garza. Uh, Kofi Cockburn, or Coburn, I think is his name, just actually, like, I think it was in the Big Ten tournament. He quieted Luke Garza. He he made him look bad. Uh, not, maybe not bad, but, like, he had him in his pocket all game, and I, I think that that Illinois team is, is going to gonna win it all this year. I don't don't hate on that. Eric, who you got? We have the same final four like in our family. Like so, so. <laughs> um, yeah, so Gonzaga, Alabama, 
Illinois and Baylor, you know, it's pretty chalky. Uh, Alabama did not look good. We just were watching the first round of game. It was a rough victory. So we'll see. Uh, but I have Gonzaga uh, winning the whole thing. Read an article the other day on The Ringer about how this could and should be the year. It did link to two other articles that they'd written in the past that said the same thing uh, <laughs> as they as they poke fun at themselves. But I think it's pretty cool what uh, Mark Few has done up in Washington with a small Catholic school uh, to now be, I mean, really they're a blue blood. They're, yeah, they're, absolutely. they're in there as much as your Dukes and your Kentuckys and people for a minute, you know, Butler had a minute with Brad Stevens. Well, Gonzaga has been around for almost two decades now. And right. uh, yeah, I, that's who I have winning. Awesome. CJ, who you got? Um, so I have my final four is Gonzaga, Michigan, Arkansas, and then Illinois uh, Michigan versus Illinois, and I'm just I'm just going with Michigan. I think I think they rally after the loss of. I think that's they're going to be their uniting factor, and that's that's the reason why I went with Michigan. They've just got they've got too many dudes that can put the ball in the hole. All you need to do is get hot, and I think the rally of hey let's win it, you know, because he got hurt and he was looking like he was going to be the man. You know, I just have I have faith in a in a team rally cry. You know, I'm the the sentimental guy. You are. Win so, one for the Gipper, huh? Yeah, absolutely. That's 100%. I, I, I will add uh, Michigan are my first one seed to lose, and I have them losing against LSU. I, in hindsight, th- there's a fine line between being informed about March Madness and being too informed to the point where you're like, oh, yeah, I'll just pick every single upset on the board. Like, what, 16 over one? Yeah, just give it to me. Just give it to me. <laughs> and then I... I because no, no one's ever going to have a perfect bracket, let's be honest. So, someone might do it in a million years, but the I think the odds, it's like one in seven quintillion, something like that. And I, I can't even count that high. So I, I do see what your argument is, though, about the rally cry. I agree on that front, though, that that could be a possibility. Absolutely. I, I honestly will probably do better this year because I didn't watch as much college basketball. True, Ruth. I think all of us were collectively saying that before we uh, we kicked off. I think that's definitely a thing that is underrated this year. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm going mostly chalk. Like, I have Gonzaga, Texas, Baylor, Illinois. I know Texas is the the one lower seed because I I, I'm not Mr. Rallying Cry. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think Michigan has enough. Right. So, but Gonzaga, they're just, they're clearly the best team. This is Mark Few's best chance to win a title. Right. Led by Jalen Suggs, who's actually like an actual like pro prospect. Because mm-hmm. like Gonzaga, like they just have a bunch of guys that they're really good college players, but they don't get to the next level. But Jalen Suggs is a stud. Yeah. So I think I think he'll lead the way. Texas is playing good ball right now. It's kind of I'm taking that hot team to get to the final four. Shaka smart, baby. Yeah, yeah. So and then Baylor, Illinois, the other number one seeds in the other region. So but Gonzaga's gonna win it all. Like I believe that this is their best chance. I don't care that it's a COVID year. Like, it's still a title. I actually think that actually gives Gonzaga the up, right? So these guys have been playing with each other for, you know, more than a year. All the big teams that are usually always there, the Dukes, the North Carolinas of the world, as Eric alluded to, those guys are one and done, right? And they, they go in, they play, and then they go to the pros to make their cash. This year because there wasn't as many practices, anything like that. I actually think Gonzaga has a has a better chance. I just go with Rallying Cry, and then Illinois is just a powerhouse. But I, I yeah. like the Cinderella of the of the number ones. 
to go through. And that's, yeah, you know. I'd love to see it, but I just, I don't, I'm just not a sentimental GCJ. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's but I'm still sour because I'm a Duke basketball fan and they were terrible this year. They were hard to watch. And I, I didn't think they were going to have as much of a problem with the whole one and done thing because a lot, of, they had a lot of sophomore players. Mm hmm. With, like, Wendell Moore and Matthew Hertz. I thought those guys were going to lead the way, but never fit in with Jalen Johnson, who is going pro, as he should. They, they it just never came together. I think they'll be better off next year if they have more talent coming in. Shocker. Yeah, right. Um, well, because they, they just have a pipeline, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. yeah. Like, when as long as Coach K's there, they're always going to get the best players. You can hate me because I'm a Duke basketball fan. That's okay. It's fine. Heard that. <laughs> 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 are there are there any big like I mean the Earl Roberts upset so far in the tournament? Is there any other like big big ones that have happened that anybody's noticed? You know, rapid fire. Who's your who's your big upset that you thought would hit, or uh, an upset that happened that you didn't think should have happened? I mean, Earl Roberts is yeah, I mean, withstanding, right? That's the clear one. Is Earl Roberts? And I, I think COVID could be the the Cinderella buster too, right? That, that alleged, I guess. Teams could be waiting in the wings in the event there's a uh, there's an outbreak is uh, like I, that may have only been for the first four but literally there were teams that were in Indianapolis in the event someone has ruled out that they they were just going to go in whatever seed whatever opponent they they were just going to go in. I was like that's kind of cool yeah that's uh, cool <laughs> but uh, you hope just all these young men and the staffs and the families and stuff stay healthy and uh, we get to see the tournament conclude in a somewhat normal manner no i'm with you there i think my big my big upset uh was oregon state being tennessee i thought tennessee had a better squad than what they looked in the first round this year i had him go into the sweet 16 and of course that didn't happen Uh, but i also lost the the florida virginia tech because i had uh virginia tech and then i also had ohio state winning and both of them lost yeah so i lost another i think for me the big upset was north texas over purdue I wasn't like Mr. Purdue guy over here, but when you watch ESPN preparing, every, like I saw several guys had Purdue in the Final Four, and I just go, "Yeah, you're wrong. Like, <laughs> that did not happen clearly." Like North Texas, I know it was an overtime game, but they they were in control in the overtime period. So sorry, Purdue. Yeah, it didn't look like an overtime score. I think they what they lose by nine. Yeah, that's not usually yeah. an overtime score. Definitely something that was a little bit different. We're gonna put up a Twitter poll. Who who do you got right? Parker and Eric both had Gonzaga. Uh, Jonah has Illinois, and I have Michigan. We're going to put up a Twitter poll. Is it one of those three or someone else? Someone else. Somebody pop up and uh, tell us tell us what you think. But uh, I think that's going to do it for us here on episode 17. Jonah, Eric, thanks for joining us again. Really appreciate it. It's our pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. We'll bring you back another time. Really enjoying it. But for everybody here at the Sports GPS, Parker White, CJ Holly, thanks for stopping by. Oh, thank you.